Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. Well, I don't normally do this, but... um... Joe asked if he, he could take one minute to share with us before we get started in the message, and I think that's fantastic. Uh, it's on. Is it on? Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, I just want to say, uh, the Lord has ministered a word to me for about a year and a half, and uh, that is the uh, exhortation of every word of God from beginning to end, but the most often quoted speaks is fear not do not be afraid 90 percent of the time when an angel intervened as a voice of god he opened up and the angel opened up with fear not do not be afraid when we entertain fear and give in to its influence on us we are not able to be a vessel for the Lord. He cannot use us if we see only the giants, only the defeat ahead, only the 15 years till you reach your goal. Don't give in to fear. Go with the promise of the word of God that he's given you. All through it. I'm in love with the growth that God has given to the ministry of Danny and Jenny, to the growth that's going on, and there's battles before us. We can't succeed with fear. And I look at the example of Jesus continually. When the woman is brought to him before the well, this is a prostitute. Jesus looked into the heart of the woman, and he looked into the heart of the men who accused her and tossed them at his feet, tossed the lady at his feet. He looked at their hearts, ministered to her heart, her secrets. He looked at the men and saw the deceit in their hearts and perplexed them. Look into the hearts of the people that God puts on your plate today, tomorrow, at work, You are there representing God, minister to them. And this time in our nation, look at the opposite, uh, uh, seek to go in the opposite spirit. Face your circumstances in the opposite spirit. Our country is going in the wrong direction, but we are charged not to start judging and condemning, taking sides, but to pray for those who got that is the church's responsibility and it's going south it's a reflection that the church is missing in prayer we need to be there we need to bring god's kingdom to this earth and we bring it his way not by overcoming what we think is the right way let's seek the lord in that uh, we love you we were blessed tremendously yesterday with the outpouring of help that we got in moving. And uh, so I know we're loved and appreciated. 
You'll never, Santa Cruz is part of our hearts. We don't know if we'll be back. <laughs> but uh, we're following the Lord right now. Love you all. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Good word, man. I'll never forget when uh, one time we were doing the paddle out and we had a bunch of people out there, but there was a lot of people on the beach and they didn't know what was going on. Wasn't part of the plan, but Joe just grabbed the mic and he just started preaching, man. <laughs> he was like going for it and he's like, you on that wharf over there. <laughs> so awesome. We prayed for you guys that God, when we were starting Hope, in the very beginning, we're reaching a bunch of people who had no idea they thought the book of Job was a job, you know what I'm saying? They didn't know anything about the Bible. They didn't know the Lord. People just broken, lost at sea, and a lot of young people. And we pray, Lord, will you send us some game-ready leaders that can come alongside and love people? And you guys have been there by our side, and we've served together, and it's been so cool to see what God has done. And the Lord is not done. I believe he has more fruit for you in this season than you've seen in any season before. And I just would encourage you to keep opening up and keep sharing what God's put in you because you guys are a wealth. And you tend to just, just step in and fill in wherever is needed, and that's awesome. But I, I believe that God wants people to hear from you as well, that he's going to put words in your heart for people to share. So thank you for sharing today. I felt like I was supposed to have you share it something. I didn't know what it was, and that was it right there. That was the moment. So, well, we're talking about Vision Sunday. How you guys doing? Did you get some coffee? Are you ready for this? You re- <laughs> Are you ready for me? <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you exactly everything that's going to happen in 2022. Are you ready for that? I remember in 2020, remember 2020? We were so excited about 2020. Every pastor, we were stoked, man, because we had the opportunity to use 2020 vision. Right, you know, when you go and get your eyes checked and they're perfect, it's 2020 vision. Well, it was 2020, and I was so excited I couldn't resist the urge to have a series called 2020 Vision. And boy, what was that? Was that a fail or what? <laughs> I think if anyone would have predicted what was happening, either A, um, I really want to hear what you have to say now, or B, you're just sick. You know, who would have who would have thought we'd be sheltering in place and be able to meet indoors for so long? And what a crazy time! Um, and the reality is there's a lot of things that are coming that we don't know. Life is full of uncertainty. There's bumps along the road. You're going to hit some curbs and some bumps, and over time, we can get a little bit out of alignment with those things, right? And there are things that God's given us in his word that we can align to no matter what happens, no matter what comes. God wants to give his people a vision that we can follow so that we, we, have, we, we have somewhere we're going as a church. I believe that this is a strategic time, too, right now, that as a church, we kind of circle the boat and we go, okay, who has God called us to be? What has he called us to do? Because we don't want to just keep doing the same thing over and over again or going in different directions. We need to be unified and we need to have a clear vision. When I was a new youth pastor, Justin, you will appreciate this. Back in 2001, I got my pastoral license. It's over 20 years ago, and I was 22 years old, and I was just starting out, and the church asked me and said, hey, would you be willing to lead a mission trip to Mexico? And I had been down there surfing a bunch, 
and I had been, uh, you know, visiting this orphanage there a few times uh, where the pastor was a luchador, and his mother ran the orphanage, just like Nacho Libre, kind of, but not the same, but this is before that happened, and then that happened, I was like, what? No way. And so, uh, which is why Nacho Libre is like probably my favorite all-time movie. It's the best. So, I decided I'm going to call him, and I left, I left, this is back in the day where, you know, you just, you'd call somebody and you'd leave a voicemail, and I didn't hear back. And the, we didn't have, you know, texting and email, I didn't even have email at this point. I don't know how I missed that, because it was still like 2001, but I, anyways, I just decided, well, you know, before I take a bunch of students down there, I need to go and take a pilot trip, go talk with them and make a plan. And since I didn't hear back, I just decided to go. So me and Jenny and this Bob that we just hired to help out with the youth ministry, he was a retired sheriff, and we took him along with us in our little Honda, and we drove down into Tijuana. It's only a few hours from where I grew up, so we're like, you know, it's not, it's not like here, you know, it's like a whole day, but we, you know, it's a few hours, you're like in Mexico, you know? So we took off, and we drive down there, we're all excited, we're going to go find this orphanage, and uh, got over the border, and after driving around for a few hours, eating some killer tacos, I realized that we were totally lost. I had no map. We had no internet. I had no cell phone. <laughs> and we drove around. We found a cool place to buy some leather belts. We found some killer churros. But we did not find the orphanage. And as it was getting late in the day, we realized that our trip was, in, was a, you know, we got good tacos, we got great churros, but our trip was a total fail. And now we, we decided, you know what, it's getting late in the day, we better leave, we better, we better head home. And so we, did, we um, you know, and I would asked for, I couldn't find the place, and um, so we ended up back in line to get out of Mexico. And I, it must have been Friday or something because it was like a two-hour line just to get out of Mexico. And we're there, we're waiting in line. My poor wife is sitting in the back, and she says, Danny, I have to pee. There's no bathrooms. There's no, like, pull over on the side of the road, gas stations. We're just stuck in line. And we're, our vision, our dream, became a nightmare because we didn't have a clear vision. How many of you guys know if you have a vision with no action, it's a daydream? But if you have action with no clear vision, it can become a nightmare, right? Somebody said that once. I didn't make that up. I don't think I did. If I did, then copyright Danny Bennett 2022. But I, think, I don't think I made that one up. But <laughs> ever set out to do something without a clear vision, it can quickly turn into a nightmare. Um, and let me just say, there are times where we go through the dark, right? Psalm 23, even though I walk the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. There's times where God leads us through times where we don't see all the future and the outcome. And I'm not here saying I know everything is going to happen in 2022. But what can be anchoring for us when we don't know the outcome in our life is to anchor into God's vision. God has given us clarity. He's given us his word, and he has given us things that are true regardless of what's going on in the world. And so we want to not just have any vision, but we want to have a vision that aligns with God's plan.
We need, we need a vision. I want to take a minute to turn to the book of Nehemiah. Who's ever read Nehemiah? This is an awesome book in the Bible. I would encourage you. I'm going to give you kind of like a quick snapshot on Nehemiah. This is during the Babylonian exile. So basically, Babylon is kind of the notorious or what's the word? Infamous empire in the Bible and is used many different times to personify kind of the evil empire ruled by money and power, right? And Babylon, had they had basically taken down Jerusalem. The temple was destroyed. The walls were destroyed. And Nehemiah is placed in somewhat of a place of, of influence. He's the cupbearer. And if you guys have your Bible, you can look at Nehemiah chapter 1. And I'm just going to kind of read a few excerpts just to give you an idea of what, what happened in this book of Nehemiah. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down. Its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah would go on to just cry out to God. And in fact, he would even repent on behalf of his people and what has taken place. And ask God to allow him to do something about what the state of things. Nehemiah allowed God to give him his heart for his community. And he saw what was broken down. He saw the, the, the pain it was causing his people, and it caused him to grieve. In verse 11 of chapter 2, it says that he, he went to scout it out. He didn't just decide, I'm going to start fixing the wall, Right? Action without clear vision is a nightmare. Could you imagine trying to fix the entire wall of Jerusalem by yourself? You would never accomplish it. It had been torn down for 94 years. So Nehemiah, it says, I went to Jerusalem after staying there three days. I sent out during the night with a few men. I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on, but... By night I went through the valley of the gate toward the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. When I moved on toward the fountain gate, the king's pool, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through, so I went up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing because as yet, I had said nothing to the Jews or the priests or the nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. Verse 17, then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me, what the king had said to me. He had asked the king for permission and he'd given him the okay. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. 
chapter 3 and 28, it says, Above the horse gate, the priest made repairs, each in front of his own house. So they had not only a clear vision, but a compelling vision, but they all got involved in the vision. They, they all had a job. Everybody had a part. And yes, they faced opposition. If you read on, you see that they had people trying to fight them. So they, at one point, they had to work with a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other hand. These guys were gnarly. They're working. They're fighting people off. Over to chapter 6, verse 15. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elu in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence uh, because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. I love this story because only God could have done this. The wall was broken down for 94 years, and it only took them 52 days to rebuild it because God was with them and because he gave them his vision for their community. And because they all had this vision together, they were able to work together in unity. How many of you guys know God wants this church to be unified? And we got to be unified if we're going to get anywhere. And so there's this vision that God wants us to have. And even though there's a lot of things about this year to come that we don't know, we can have a vision from God that brings purpose to our lives and our church. Amen? Number one, I have three points for you. Number one is this. We need a clear vision. We don't want to be just driving into Mexico, wandering around. Thank God I don't do that anymore. <laughs> that was me learning how to be a youth pastor the wrong way, the hard way. God's put a vision in my heart that I believe is way bigger than any one of us. And I believe it's his heart for our community, in our region, in our church. And I believe it's something that we all need to be a part of. And I can't do this alone. I'm not going to do this alone. Habakkuk 2.2 says, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation or vision and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. You can't run with it unless you have a clear vision, right? And you don't want to have a vision without running with it. And I think those two things go hand in hand. Like we said before, without action, vision without action is a daydream. Action without vision is a nightmare. And so we don't want to just start pounding away, building the wall. We want to have a vision that's clear. But we, we, we want to have a vision that we can take action to. I, I saw this, uh, I think it was like a PBS special, and it was this guy in Ireland that had this dream of owning a castle. And so he bought this old, beat-up, like 2,000-year-old, it was like a 1,000-year-old castle. And he kept talking, he would talk to an architect, and the architect didn't tell him what he wanted to hear. And so he kept going from architect to architect until eventually he gave up. He said, you guys are crushing dreams. I'm just going to build this. So he just started hiring builders and pouring money into this castle to build his vision without plans, without a clear plan. And as you can imagine, it cost him way more than he ever thought. And he never was able to live in it because it became a nightmare. 
And so I think it's important that we sometimes take a moment to step back and allow God to realign our vision. Because I think just like cars, we get out of alignment, don't we? I don't know about you, but I do. I hit a lot of curbs. <laughs> I hit a lot of bumps. And after a while, like, you know, you're, you're having to, like, turn the wheel left just to go straight, you know? <laughs> turn right to go left, right? And we need to have, uh, we need to circle the boat, not just to have a vision, but my, my second point, we need to have a clear vision. My second point is we need to have God's vision. What is God's vision for Hope Church? And the cool thing is we can look to his word and we can see what his vision is. And I just want to walk you guys through a couple passages that I believe that are key for where we are at in the life of our church in our community. Because we can look at our community in our world and our nation and go, oh man, it's going the wrong way. But God's placed us as the church to be a part of making a change. And it's not, but it's not by fighting people or forcing people through violence, right? It's through the love of Jesus Christ that God's called us to make a difference. And so let's get back to this. Matthew chapter 9, I love this. In the same way as Nehemiah looked at his community, Jesus is looking at his community here. Matthew chapter 9, 35 through 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You see the connection here? Instead of building a wall, Jesus' vision is for people. And what is he doing? He's healing them. He's bringing good news into their lives. I think the best picture that we have of Jesus' mission statement is here in Luke chapter 4, 18 through 19, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. God's vision is all about people finding good news, finding freedom, finding sight and favor of God. I remember when we first started Skate Church, it was so fun. We were meeting in the skateboard shop, and we asked them, say, hey, like, this is a crazy idea. Can we build skate ramps in your skateboard shop and hold our youth group here? And the guy's like, cool. Like, <laughs> no thought of, like, insurance, and this, we figured all that out later. But I love that. Like, this is a guy who didn't, wouldn't call himself a, a Christian, who opened his doors to us, we started up, we started reaching a bunch of the local kids who, most of them had no Bible background. And I remember being there, and one of the leaders was up there sharing the, the gospel. And he's like, but he's like, he's like, who here knows what Easter is? And they're like, yeah, um, I just think about bunnies and candy, you know, like they're talking about all like the kind of stuff that we think of with Easter. And then one kid, one kid was like, isn't that like when Jesus came out of a rock? You know, like, 
You know, like he popped his head up and like, no shadow, three more weeks of winter, you know? And uh, <laughs> like, no idea, you know what I mean? No idea. Like, and so we're like, no. So like God like created us and he loves us so much and he sent his son to tell us that. And then because he was so true and he was so right and he was so holy and righteous, like we killed him. And the kids were just like, one kid's like, wait a second, you know, and, and you know, we, we, we can tell them a little bit more, but this one, I love this, this is like my favorite line, it's like the best presentation of the gospel I've ever heard in the mouth of a 12-year-old Grom on the east side, and this kid's like, you're telling me that God created us, and he loves us, and he sent his son to tell us, and we killed him, and he's not pissed? We're like, Exactly! I mean, really, if you were God and you sent your son and we killed him, you'd be pissed. Fire from heaven, right? I mean, it's like that's gnarly. But God's love is that he wants us all to come to know him, right? What a beautiful picture of the gospel and this good news that we have. It's really good news, you guys. And this is God's vision is for people to hear good news, And his vision is really big. It's the whole world. Did you know that? I'm going to find a a scripture that I skipped over here and go back here. His vision is for the whole world, for people to find him. And it's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I'm just going to read it here, and it's up on the screens. Therefore, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Next week, we're going to talk about the second part of this. This week, I just want to talk about that. Therefore, go. A lot of what the church is in America is we have this great thing come to us. And, like, I'm not saying it's all bad. That's, like, actually good, but it's, it's only part of what God called us to do. He called us to go. second part is, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. We're called to go and make disciples. Next week, we're going to kind of be unpacking a little bit more about what, what does it mean to make disciples? Does that mean like, you know, someone who doesn't know Jesus, you say make disciples, they're like, am I in trouble? Am I getting disciplined or something? Like, that's just not a word that we use in our culture. So we want to kind of define that and break it down as to what does that look like. But today I want to talk about just this first part, is that God's vision is for the whole world, that they would hear this good news. And so what does that look like in Santa Cruz County? Do you believe that God's planted us here for a reason, that he strategically placed us here in Santa Cruz County for a reason? Do you know that 250,000 people live here and Three to five percent know Christ. So does it make sense for us to gear all of what we do here towards Christians that go to other churches? I think I think God's got a heart for other people. Yeah, we could be. It's a bummer when people like you know leave or whatever. Um, but you know that's that's part of it. God's called us to be a place where people can come who don't know Christ 
and hear this good message. I love this picture. I want to share with you. But here's the vision that we've had from the beginning is to transform our community by helping people find and follow Jesus. I believe we're called to tip the needle. I believe that if, if that this community, we want this community to actually feel something is gone, that we would miss us, that we are, tra- we are literally transforming lives in this community in such a way that it actually changes what this community looks like. What if we could activate every person that's a Jesus follower to be part of this mission, to go? I think about the harbor. I love, I have, I love boats. I know everybody loves boats, but I love boats, and I, I love to fish, and I, I love spending time down at the harbor when I have spare time. haven't been down there a lot lately, but one of my favorite places. i got a picture for you. I, I, I love this. I think this is a great picture of what we're called to be in Santa Cruz County. Right? I, I, I think the picture of a harbor, especially our harbor, is so beautiful. Right? You have the lighthouse. Right? It's this symbol of hope and warning. Jesus is to our lost and broken world. And there's a lot of people that are lost at sea out there, right? And some of them might come in weary and find, find hope and come into the harbor, and it's our job to help them heal, bring good news, freedom, sight, like healing, like all that good stuff, favor. God's not, he loves you, right? And help them get equipped just to live in the harbor forever, right? What are boats made for? Boats are made for the ocean. And you're not going to catch a lot of fish if you just sit and wait by the harbor entrance. You could try that. It's, it's, you will not catch anything. You, you want to catch fish. I'm a fish. You want to catch fish, you got to get on the fish. If you're on the fish, you're catching. You're not fishing. You're actually catching fish. And that's the best fishermen. They know where the fish are, and they talk. Hey, I know where the fish are. Come over here. you got to be on the fish. And as, as Jesus' people in Santa Cruz County, God hasn't called us just to huddle up in the harbor together. Yeah, it's great. We can come here, fix the boat. you got a hole in your boat. We're going to help you patch that thing. We're going to feed you. We're going to get fueled up. Fueled up at the docking station, right? We're going to rest a little bit. It's nice to have a respite from the wind and the waves and the storms, and we can come together. But then the whole point of that is that we can get back out there, go to where the fish are. And God's called us to be about helping people find Jesus. We all have a part to play in that. Some of us are going to fish local waters. Some of us are going to fish more tropical waters. Some of us are going to fish more Arctic waters. Some of us are going to fish international waters. Wouldn't that be cool if we, we were like a hub for like equipping people and then sending them out. It changes the way we think about church. It's not just about us sitting here in comfortable chairs drinking super killer coffee. This morning was good coffee, man. I'm like, woo, awesome, I'm ready. But that's not what it's about. It's about us being prepped to go. Amen? All right, I'm going to wrap this one up. What if we stepped into our purpose as a community? What if we could tip the needle in Santa Cruz County and change that from 5% to 10%? Imagine how different it would be. 
in Santa Cruz County? What would it look like with the lost teens and the crime rate and the homelessness and the 200 kids that at any given time don't have a home in Santa Cruz County? The hopelessness, the drug abuse, the suicide. What would it be in a different, how could we transform this community if we got serious about going to help people find Jesus? We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.